0: welcome to the authentic faith podcast i'm your host andrea john today we continue our journey through the gospel of john this bible study is recorded live on thursday nights with a group of people get together to dive deep into the scriptures so in addition to mine you'll hear some different voices you'll hear questions and commentaries perspectives we don't all agree we all bring something different to the table but it lends itself to a conversation that goes deep and leads us further into the knowing and loving of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening because this adds to the conversation. And if you have something to add, to share, or if you have a question, you can always email me at hello at andreajohn.com. Today, we dig deep through John 3. We meet Nicodemus and explore his conversation with Jesus about being born again. So let's get started and find some treasure. Oh, just one more thing. Before we dive into the Bible study, I'd like to ask that you like and subscribe to this YouTube or podcast channel. This will help increase the odds that someone will find this life-giving content. Don't forget to share it with your family and friends. Let's get started. So what we're going to do, obviously, is we're going to go verse by verse. Mike will narrate, um, but there's so much here to unpack, and I really want you guys to contribute because I really believe that each person has something to offer, um, not just in terms of you know, what it means to be born again, which is what the topic will be, but even from your own personal experiences and what being born again has really meant to you and how these words relate to your own personal story of rebirth. So as we read this, and we're going to break it up, so it's really hard. And um, so whether you've read it before today um, I still would encourage after today that you go back and read it again after we've all shared. Because I really want this message here in John 3 is like, it's where, it's where our story begins. It's It's like what Jesus is all about. And there's so much richness. So today when we go through it, try to pretend that you've never read this before, that you've never heard this before. (laughs) Because we hear, um, and it's it's called the lullaby effect, where you hear something over and over and over again, and you become desensitized to what it really means and what it's really saying because you've just heard it so many times. And you think you know what it means, you think you know what it's saying. So that part of your brain turns off because you're like, oh, I can coast through. I know what this is all about. So actively and purposely, like let's move forward with, this is the first time I'm hearing about this. We're about to go into some really awesome red letters And before we get there, we'll start. So, Mike, can you read um, 3, chapter 3? So John 3, verse 1.
1: Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews.
0: Okay. So um, I don't know why I have this translation for me. But um, okay, so in the weeks before we've talked about the different Jewish groups, their different beliefs, right? So what does this verse tell us about who Nicodemus is? Like, what? Because remember that a lot of what John talks about, he's saying it for a reason, there's a purpose. So here he's explaining who Nicodemus is. So what are some of the things about Nicodemus that John is making point that we know? You're asking me? Any, anyone? <laughs> yeah, the
2: Pharisees followed oral tradition and they believed in things like the resurrection. Well, their best friends, the Sadducees, did not.
0: Right. So, yeah, he was a Pharisee. It also says that he was a member of the Jewish ruling council, which means that he was part of the, do you guys remember the name?
1: Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin. Yeah. Sanhedrin. Sorry, I don't that know that
0: if you good? count.
1: Okay, I'll stop answering.
0: <laughs> but you can uh, answer.
1: Oh, another. Go
0: ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you can be my Brent Billings.
1: Well, he also, um, yeah. So, in Net, they um, actually shorten this up even more. It says Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. That's the right. entirety of verse one. Um,
0: they just worded it differently. Yes, but essentially says the same thing. Okay. Now you can go on to verse two. So I'm just pointing that out. It could mean something. It could not mean something. But these are the little things that as we learn, as we go through the book of John, and we learn how to study, realize, okay, I now understand who Nicodemus is. He's a Pharisee. He's part of the Sanhedrin. Could have an impact on what's happening. Could not. We don't know yet. But just these little things to note now that you have some context about those groups.
2: Is it important to know what his name means because it kind of it's oh. so it's so fitting on this chapter.
0: Well, share. So, sure. I don't know what should, it means.
2: Should I keep it to the end until no, the end no,
0: share, now because the verse. What well, you want name. a mic drop? Is that what you want? <laughs> he
1: wants
0: to mic drop. He wants a mic drop. Us. <laughs> I have his, name down, but vi- I'm
2: his name means victorious among his people.
0: That's what I have written down. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah! So conqueror, cool.
2: is a conqueror, a guy with success.
1: Yeah.
0: Interesting.
1: So
2: I
0: did not know that.
1: All right, verse two. Right? Is that okay? Let me read. That. Yes. All right. So this man came to Jesus at night and said to him, "Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher." For no one can say, can do these things or these signs that you do unless God is with him.
0: Okay, so let's pause there. Before we even go into what Nicodemus is asking Jesus, um, it says here, and we touched a little bit before we ended last week's session, where he said, it says um, that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. and. Actually, no one who is here today was here last week, so we can kind of say it like we didn't say it last week, but so the, a lot of the teaching, a lot of the preconceived notions that we have when we read this, even when you watch movies about it, or even if you watch like The Chosen, they portray that this meeting is happening in secret, Mm -hmm. right? Um, some people have envisioned, you know, they envision this happening in a garden. Some people envision it, you know, happening in rooftop, depending on uh, what you know about the culture and the context of the time. But we have to remember that when we're looking at the text, the text is not saying he came to Jesus in secret. Now, he could have come to Jesus in secret. He could have come to Jesus hidden for fear of his people criticizing him or whatever the case is, but we don't know that. So I wanted to offer um, what some academics uh, uh, teach and say and some speculation that there is that I think is pretty cool. Because when you look at the book of John, you see a lot of um, hints of the Torah. You see, you know, like in the first chapter, we see Genesis and they're in the creation story. Um, And then when we uh, went through last week and we talked about the cleansing of the temple, part of that teaching was about the Passover and what the Passover means. And we actually went right into scripture in Exodus 12 to learn specifically about what Passover is and what God said. Because a lot of times as Christians, we've heard about Passover We know that Jewish people celebrate it. And we as Christians sometimes participate in some of the festivities around this within, you know, Judeo-Christian circles. But we don't truly a lot of times know where it came from. So we went and we read Exodus 12. So if you haven't done that, I highly recommend it. But um, when you learn about Passover, there is... um, The night after Passover, they would keep vigil. And that's in Exodus, uh, hold on. So that's in Exodus 1242. So can you read Exodus 1242? I thought I had it open. Uh Yeah probably open it faster with my little paper bible than
2: i got it open if you want oh
0: to. yeah dad read it
2: but i got the csv so oh, you I may not care. be able to understand it
0: <laughs> no it's fine i don't care
2: <laughs> it says exodus 12 42 it was a night of vigil in honor of the lord because he would bring them out of the land of Egypt. this same night is in honor of the lord a night vigil for all the Israelites throughout their generations.
0: Okay, so uh, the the night after Passover, they have what they call a night of watching or a night of vigil. Um, I grew up with the word vigil, so I know what it means, but I don't know if that's a word that most people know. So it, it just means watching. So one of the things that they say is it's possible that the reason the two of them met was because they were keeping vigil they were up late they were watching another thing that when asked like what are some things that you think about is well if they were on passover what do they have at passover they also have some wine so they're a little bit lighter in mood and they're out and you know so we don't know um that's the key thing we don't know but i wanted to give some context because just before this we know that in the cleansing of the temple, it says that it w- they were upon Passover. And then immediately after, it talks about how Jesus was in Jerusalem for Passover. And just a few verses after, boom, Nicodemus comes on scene. And Nicodemus was, because he was part of the Sanhedrin, was most likely in Jerusalem during Passover. So they could have been watching. So... Um, before I open it up, um, I just want to address what Nicodemus says. Because Nicodemus, at least the way I was taught and had my own perceptions of Nicodemus, I always looked at Nicodemus as always one of those Pharisees, you know, he was like trying to cause trouble. But look at what he says. He says, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God. For no one could Perform the miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. So Nicodemus was approaching Jesus from this perspective of, I know you're from God. Because what you're doing, you couldn't do unless God was involved. So, you know, he, he came in, um one of the things, I don't know if I had a thing here in the signs. No, it wasn't here. But um, so before we go into Jesus' reply, does anybody have anything that they'd like to add um, about what we've read so far? I do. So yes, sir. You,
2: you, you said something about uh, the why did. Nicodemus came at night I got my own opinion
0: oh yes you do yeah I, want I to
2: didn't it. ask me as a scholar
1: you pushed me out of the way
2: so <laughs>
0: no because now I'm opening it up
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: another non-scholar is going to weigh in his opinion too <laughs> yeah, so, yeah
2: so we didn't hear from from both of them what what do they why did why did he, why do what do they why did he come at night what's their understanding
1: no, uh, we're asking you. What is your understanding? <laughs> no,
2: I'll, I'll, I'll. I think oh, okay. I said Mic it, drop I, again. I said
1: okay. Last night, like, Mike.
2: Mike you, were,
1: <laughs> you were present.
2: <laughs> okay,
1: so not I have so a couple of things. So I like to interpret scripture with scripture. So the Passover, I think, is you have put a lot of weight on that. Why were they out there at night? I think there's actually a couple of double meanings here. John definitely loves to use light and darkness, night and day throughout Jesus's teaching. Um, He plays games with it all the time. I think 19 John, John chapter 19, verse 39 is really cool because it says Nicodemus who had first come to him by night also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes um, about a hundred liters weight. Um, so this was at the time of, of Jesus, when he was crucified, they were going to take away mm-hmm. his body. So again, John's reminding us, Hey, that night, remember that night, Hey, Nicodemus is now here. He's during the day it's now light is now shining because Nicodemus himself is now showing up daytime. Okay. Right. So, and that was huge for Nicodemus yeah. to take that step and, um, so, Where is
0: that? John 19.
1: John 19, 39. Um, there's also, if you guys want to jot down a couple of references, you can read on your own. You've got John chapter 9, verse 4, chapter 11, verse 10 chapter 13, verse 30. That'll all be in the show notes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there are no <laughs> yes, show notes.
0: No, there are show notes. Oh, there actually, are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You That's can, why I'm asking. I'm are we able down. to put
1: those in the show notes?
0: Yes. 13 what? You're so. <laughs>
1: 1330. Okay. John 1330. And, but my two favorites are John. Well, my favorite one is 1939. Cause I think it's very specific. And uh, I guess you could throw 21, chapter, verse 3, chapter 21, verse 3.
0: But I think that goes to the point, again, that John references time a lot, people, places. And and Jesus was crucified crucified when? Passover.
1: And he was meeting with Nicodemus when?
0: Passover.
1: And Nicodemus here again, showing up, but this time the day, the next day, now openly accepting jesus in a way mm-hmm. even though he had been crucified
3: oh yeah uh-huh. you
1: see for further for that for him to to um so they took away the body of jesus and bound it in linen wrappings with spices as is the burial burial custom of the jews now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden and the tomb and all of that right but if you back up it says Pilate granted permission and he came and took away his body nicodemus who had first come to him by night also came bringing myrrh and alloys
0: so like okay so this was after his death yes he came the next day to tribute and honor to jesus openly yes that's
1: the very next day Mm -hmm. this time doing it in the day when everyone would have seen it Mm -hmm. and him being in his position in the sanhedrin and with the pharisees that would have held a lot of weight right with a lot of people
3: Thank that Nicodemus
1: you. was willing to publicly make that stance go ahead.
3: go ahead I don't Jordan wanted to be criticized or spoke bad of you know how like I thought about it like this, like what if Jesus was here today, right like you're having that meeting if would I wanting to know an answer to something, go to him in front of everybody? you know what I mean, or would I go off to his side and I would think, well, now I know better. Now it's like, well, if you're gonna correct me, just do it. Like, you know, if if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Period. You know, it doesn't matter when or where. But now I know that. But I was, I would think Nicodemus, being who he is, and and like Mike said, he's doing stuff openly, but it's the stuff to be seen.
1: It also, if it is the Passover, it would have been normal for them to be in the garden at night on watch. Yeah. Um, and it would have been a natural thing for Jesus to be out there and Nicodemus to be out there. So their meeting wouldn't have been that. It would have been totally plausible because they would have been out on watch. They would have watched through the night. Um, that was a common thing during the Passover night. So. Um, Especially as a as a rabbi, as Jesus being a rabbi and Nicodemus being a rabbi.
3: I don't. Go ahead. Uh, Mike
1: dropper. Oh, sorry. Carry on. Go I, ahead.
3: I also don't think that Jesus seemed very phased by Nicodemus. Like he doesn't seem to really play into him at all. Like Nicodemus is the one who's more, I like you know, kind of like putting the show on for Jesus that's what it appears to be.
0: He's intrigued. Yeah, definitely intrigued. And I think before my dad um, shares his perspective, I think that one of the cool things about scripture is um, not every time, but a good amount of times I've noticed that sometimes it's not a matter of this or that, it's this and that, right? So Mm -hmm. it's, and and that's the beauty of it. And there's actually a homonymic word that I'm going to bring up because I don't, think most people uh, know it. Um, But just keep that in mind. It's, you know, sometimes there's speculation and we're all trying to figure it out. And it doesn't mean that one person is right and the other is wrong. It could be multiple things because when I read John, I noticed, wow, he was a smart dude. Like he's pointing out that they met in the night. Yeah, it was a literal night. But then to your point, Mike, he, it's kind of like, he likes to he talks about light and darkness, and we're going to talk about that later. So it's almost like he's using that as an illustrative way to get a point across.
1: Right, which John does a lot.
0: Yeah, so go ahead, Dad. What's your take on it? No, all well,
1: I,
2: well, I have to say, we were taught in churches a long time ago, many times, maybe even today, that John went there at night because he was scared.
3: Nicodemus, Nicodemus. Right. right? Yeah, yeah
2: I'm sorry. Nicodemus <laughs> was very cautious. The, the, again the text does not say that right. but now we can see a lot of connections before about between the verse that mike read on john
1: 1942 right uh, yeah Happened. nineteen nineteen thirty-nine. 1939 yeah
2: 1939 yes jesus was jesus was dead now we gotta compare yes. scriptures with scriptures yeah now you know who was dead in john 3 Cool. Nicodemus was dead yeah dead be quiet because of his sins yes mm-hmm. he, he was not a believer he was de- dead in his sin and trespasses so that's to me is the beauty again in the many years ago I believe that you went there because you was scared of his reputation all this stuff right maybe he'll be kicked, but that's not what the Bible teaches us so right. and then the connection of the verses you connect connect the, the dead of Christ and in nicodemus three even though he's talking he is dead in his sin and trespasses
0: and he's in the dark
2: yeah he's in the dark yeah to your point
1: on death too you also have um this meaning again of the the law and of the spirit right Mm -hmm. jesus being life representing life the law representing death Mm -hmm. and you have those two meanings again And then, and then you have also the, the biggest, a big motif between light and darkness now meeting as well. The law was, the law almost, Demas almost could have been like, in, in a way he was a representation of everything the law was,
3: mm-hmm.
1: right? And Jesus was everything, uh, a representation of everything, uh, of the direction everybody was going. And um, it wasn't until Jesus's death that the new covenant was instituted and that the law finally was buried and, and, and was finally obsolete. The new covenant was instituted. Now life can come forward. Now light can come forward. And so here we have Nicodemus again, right. Coming forward at that point and recognizing that transition and that shift from, from really law to, to life, really death to life.
3: Yes.
0: Anything else before we move on?
1: No, you can move on.
0: Okay, um, babe, can you read verse three?
1: I can. Get right on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm a whiz with paper Bible. All
1: right, verse three.
0: Quicker than this electronic stuff. I could just
1: go off memory. <laughs>
0: go. Jesus
1: responded and said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, Unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God.
0: Okay. So before we kind of look at this in perspective and context, the word, uh, what do you have? You said, unless a person is born, what? Does your translation mean? Again. Again. Okay. From above. Yes. Mindset. What translation do you have, Uh, Shauna?
3: NRSV.
0: Okay. My, I have, mine says that too. It says, I tell you the solemn truth, unless a person is born from above. And interesting is that that word is a homonym and it means two things um, in the uh, Greek. So it means again, or it means above. So that one word means both. And a lot of translations say again, Uh, Some translations like you just saw say above. And the reason that the translations have chosen to use the word again is because of Nicodemus's response, because it's kind of clear based on his response that he's talking about again. But the cool thing is that once we see what Jesus is about to say, either word can apply here. So if you're born again or you're born uh, from above. And he says he cannot, unless they're born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Can you read verse four? I okay.
1: can. Nicodemus said to him, how can a person be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born. Can he?
0: You can keep going.
1: Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born of water and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of god
0: okay stop there um before i share does anyone have anything they want to say about those verses about what jesus responded to nicodemus you want to
2: talk about born in sin if you want to no i'm just asking you
0: (laughs) Shauna, were you going to say something? Who is going to say something? Oh,
3: I was just going to say, when you were talking about the word above, my book also has, my Bible also has the word anew in there. Yeah. So born anew is what it says. Um.
0: What were you going to say, Don?
3: I was going to say, I was trying to reread it real quick because just give me one second. Oh, yeah. Um, So I like that he asked um, what he meant by born again because, you know, we have people ask that when you're evangelizing and stuff. People want to understand. So it's like a new, I like that they put that in there because it's like, I think of new birth. Like a lot of times that, you know, new creation, your new creation in Christ, blah, 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 they talk about that scripture being like new, transforming and new birth. But to me, he's actually talking about it here. Like, that born again is like a whole new life. Right. Like, that's what I liked about it. So that's what I was going to say.
2: Again, the Calvinists say everybody is born in sin. Right? Mm-hmm. Correct? This verse refutes that. How could you be born again? Yeah. So you're going to be born again to, become, to be a sinner again? If you're yeah. born in sin, what are you talking right. about? right you know, it
3: makes no sense it makes yeah. no sense yeah that's true and if if we're once saved always saved then why do you have the steps like to me it's a process like it's a growth it's salvation and then um you know holy spirit spirit filled you know like holy you know yeah. it's just it's a process and to <clears throat> me if you don't do that process you're actually missing you're missing so much you could be missing out on so much so
0: Let's look at this in context in terms of what Nicodemus approaches Jesus with and Jesus's reply um, because Nicodemus says, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who's come from God for no one could perform the miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus's response is, I tell you the solemn truth. Unless a person is born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. When we know that Nicodemus is not only a Pharisee but a Sadducee, he's a teacher. um, When you you know who he is, you know that he's going to know the Scriptures. He -hmm. should know Torah, and Jesus is telling him, like, you can't. You may know Torah, but you're not going to see. Until you're born again. And Nicodemus says, what are you talking about? I can't be born again. I'm old, right? Like he's taking Jesus literally. And there's some speculation as to whether Nicodemus was really taking Jesus literally or whether he understood what Jesus was saying and was referring to back to Exodus because after the Passover and they leave Egypt, they go through the what? When they're escaping.
1: You're asking me? Water. Could.
0: They go through water, right? They go through the Red Sea. Yeah. And when they come out on the other side, they are now a people who are no longer slaves. They've been saved. Yeah. The Israelites have been saved. And and in like right when we're born again yep. we can now see the kingdom because we are born again we go through water but not only not only did they go through water the scripture says that uh numa or um in the old testament it's a different word that the spirit ruha, ruha was over the water mm-hmm. so the spirit was there um and the spirit the word spirit has two meanings. It's spirit, pneuma, it's spirit, or it's wind. Yeah. So, wind. right. So he's saying here, um, Jesus then says, I tell you the solemn truth, unless a person is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So, in the same, and before, Jesus talks about seeing. You can't see the kingdom. If you're not born again. And now he says, you can't enter the kingdom if you're not born of water and spirit.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's a pretty cool uh commentary here that I, I wanted to share where it says, um, Jesus' says somewhat at enigmatic statement points to the necessity of being born from above because water and wind or spirit come from above um and then he talks about in isaiah 44 3 ezekiel 37 9 There are pertinent examples of water and wind as life-giving symbols of the spirit of god they both occur in contexts that deal with the future restoration of israel and then um it says this does not mean that spirit and this was a, a different way to look at it this does not mean that spirit in the verse should read as direct reference to the Holy Spirit, but that both water and wind are figures. And then again, based on the fact that Nicodemus knew the Old Testament, um, that they represent the regenerating work of the spirit in the lives of men and women. So a lot of times we do read this into Caradon's point Um, When we tell people that they need to be born again, nowadays, people don't really understand what we're talking about, Um, just like Nicodemus wasn't quite sure what's being talked about. And it's almost like Jesus is saying, if you try to make sense of this outside the spirit, right, on your own you're going to look at us and not understand what's happening. He's looking at Jesus from the outside. He's looking at Jesus. Like Jesus is on the other side of the red sea and they're looking at it from the, the Egyptian side of the red sea and saying, I don't get you. What's going on. What's going on. This doesn't make sense. And you're not going to be able to see it unless you're born again.
1: Right. So again, um, I think I can do this a couple minutes. So real quickly, a couple of things, where are we at this point? Right. It's Passover. Right. Okay. Put yourself in either a garden. It may not have been a garden. It could have been in a home, could have mm-hmm. been at a table rooftop um, rooftop would have been highly likely. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's several things there. Um, but we're Passover so what happened after Passover, right? They went through the Red Sea. They left Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. All, and what is Jesus saying, right? As he talking to Nicodemus, right? Mm-hmm. He's talking about the next steps in this process. If you, you are, you must be born again. Mm-hmm. We, you cannot leave Egypt. Right. If you don't go through the Red Sea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And Nicodemus in part Nicodemus, the question we think Nicodemus is asking is not the question he was asking. The question we think Nicodemus is asking is our Western linear view where we say, well, how can you actually go back into your mother's womb?
0: Right. Literal. Yeah.
1: Literally. Nicodemus wasn't stupid. He wasn't actually asking that question. What he could be, because if you look closely at what he said, now I'm going to stretch a little bit, but if you look closely what he said, he said, How can you go back in your mother's womb when you're old? Right. Have we gotten that far?
0: Yes. Am I jumping ahead? No, that's where we are.
1: Okay. How can you go back in your mother's womb when you're old? Well, is there any time after you've been born
0: that you can can go
1: back into your mother's womb? So why would Nicodemus say, why can you go back into your mother's womb when you're old? Mm -hmm. Because Nicodemus was old. And the people had come out of Egypt. They had been living this way
0: mm-hmm.
1: for a very long time.
0: They've had Torah.
1: They've had Torah, right? There was, and and this is all Exodus language. When you read this again through Exodus language, coming out of Egypt language, transitioning from darkness to light language, you begin to see that he wasn't really asking that question. What he was really asking is how, if you're the Messiah, mm-hmm. If you're the Messiah, how do we even make this transition to following you as the Messiah? How do we lay aside? We're old. We've been doing this for years. We've been living this way for years. We have a system set up. We have the laws in place. We're living in a time of peace right now. This was the Roman Paxon era. There hadn't been wars. There hadn't been rumors of wars. There hadn't been famines. There hadn't been anything going on. It was such a peaceful time. And he's like, what are you doing, Jesus? Why are you coming now?
0: Are you saying we have to start all over again? Are
1: you saying, yeah. How can we go back and restart this process? And Jesus is like, you can't even see it because you're looking at it through the eyes of death and the law. And I need you to look at what I'm looking at. And that is what is God really wanting us to do? What was the whole, Jesus is going back to Nicodemus in a way. And he's saying, he's saying, what was the point? of you guys leaving Egypt anyways, if you guys weren't the answer to the world. Mm-hmm. See, when you look at, because they were, they were God's people because they were the answer to the world. They were what the world needed. They even brought a massive amount of Egyptians out with them. A lot of people don't realize that, but there was a lot of Egypt. Egyptians that left with them. Because they
0: had cohabitated. They had
1: cohabitated. Right. Some of them even had married each other. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they came out with them and, and Jesus is saying you, so, and then to the, to the rebirth, it's, it's actually quite simple to me. It's, it's, I mean, there's a lot of Exodus language here, a lot of or, 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 right? Instead of and, mm-hmm. and, and, um, or, uh, um, and,
0: and instead of, or, right.
1: And so there's a lot of that, but there's also, we have a person here who can't see it because he's looking at it through the lens of the law. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying, no, you must look at it from above you have to be, you're going to need a revelation. Jesus was trying to convert. Jesus was, was fishing. He was trying to convert Nicodemus. He was trying to bring Nicodemus into his disciples. He wanted Nicodemus to follow him. Mm -hmm. He was, he was trying to, trying to reach him. And we know that Nicodemus never ended up doing it, but I think it's highly likely that Jesus was really going after Nicodemus there and he was laying it out as clearly as he could. And he said, once you see this, you're gonna be able to get this revelation. Once you change from, I have to follow the law to the Messiah has come. That's the shift you need to make. The Messiah is here. Once Nicodemus gets that shift, once he sees that, then he's going to start looking at everything through the eyes of what does it look like now that the Messiah is here. Mm-hmm. that makes sense?
0: Does anyone have any comments, questions, additional
3: things to share? I don't, I guess just the only thing that I, from what he was saying was that you have to look at it from new eyes. Like you have to have a, a new way of like, um, a fresh new way of looking at things that, that that's just kind of what came to me when he was speaking.
1: Yes, daddy, got
2: anything? That's
0: it. That's it. Okay, so I just want to reference uh, for anyone who wants to read after. Um, when you're reading about the Red Sea, Exodus 14. Verses 21 and 22, um, it's where Moses stretches his hand out, and the lo- Lord drove the sea apart by a strong east pneuma, wind, spirit, same word. Um, and then they went through, so there's a lot of you know, whenever you hear uh Jewish rabbis teaching. There's a lot of reference to that because, you know, for Christians, we always look at this, oh, you have to be born of the water and spirit, uh, of the uh, water and spirit. And I think sometimes we try to complicate it and make it a little bit more mystical than it really is.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: And
0: we've heard people even teach like, oh, this, this means you have to uh, be, be baptized in water and then baptized in the spirit. And I'm not saying that it's not, I think there's a place for that, but it's not to say that's exactly what it's saying is kind of going back to the law and saying, you have to do this ritual in order to accomplish something. Exactly. It wasn't a a matter of the heart. It
1: was revelation, right? It was revelation being baptized in the water and having someone pray on you for the Holy spirit. Can be just as ritual and law based. Correct. Without revelation as anything else.
0: Correct. Yeah. So, um, uh, real quickly,
1: mm-hmm. East normally means um, going east normally means bad, going west normally means good. But for, for you physics people, if it's an <laughs> east wind, which way is it blowing? West. Yes. So that was a good wind. So that that, had to come from
0: God. Is that what makes America so special?
1: No, (laughs) Uh, but that's what it's, it has to, it has to come from God. Right. For the East. wind, Yes. For it to come from the East. It means it's blowing West. Right. Meaning that's a good thing.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. So next week i'm going to talk a little bit more about this um but keep in mind wait we're out of time no but i was just getting started to keep moving moving. okay but i just want you guys to keep uh the verses three and five in mind where he's saying we need to see from above and we need to enter the kingdom you become a citizen of the kingdom right so for example, me and like me and my dad, right? We both speak two languages fluently, okay? So next week, we're gonna talk a little bit about, more about this, but I want you to ponder the fact that as members of the kingdom of God, we have two citizenships. We are on earth and we are in the kingdom. And, and one may may be a little bit more than the other, but they need to have equal bearing um, when it comes to the kingdom. And it's usually very easy to know who has kingdom vision and who doesn't. Um, so we'll talk about that next week because we'll dive a little bit more into this. So can you read verse, uh, start reading at verse six?
1: That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which has been born of the spirit is spirit
0: okay the only thing i want to point out here and if anyone then has something to add you're feel free the word flesh here is not meaning sinful um the word flesh in a in christian circles um can a lot of times be used as we think sinful Nature or you know the flesh is bad. That's not what the that's not what this word is talking about. This is talking about flesh, like your physical body. It's like that which is physical is physical, and that which is born of the spirit of the Holy Spirit is spirit.
1: I hope not. I hope you're correct because one fourteen it says the logos became flesh. And they're exactly. using the exact same word. So if Jesus became mm-hmm. flesh, then we're all screwed.
0: So that's yeah. so that's another thing as you read the scriptures, when you see that word flesh, I keep that in mind. Jesus, and, and it goes along with the whole sinful nature thing too. Jesus was a human being, 100% human being. So if we believe that humans are born with a sinful nature then you must believe that Jesus too was born with a sinful nature because he had a human mother and he was 100% human being. Yes. So you, you know, if you are one that believes that every single human being is born with sin in them, they are born with a sinful nature. Then I just um, encourage you to, to put that thought of if Jesus was 100% man How how does how do those two tie together? And I've heard people say, "But he was one hundred percent man, and he was one hundred percent God." Jesus forsook, forsake. What's even that word? He let go of his divinity to come to earth. Yes, he was not. He was not living. He says
1: he emptied it out. He
0: emptied. Like he wasn't. He wasn't. And I don't know how to explain this. And I hope people understand me. But he was not God on earth like he lived as a man he came out of his mother's vagina like let's just be adults he breastfed he pooped his diaper he um, a diaper
1: but he may have had a cloth or something. well
0: cloth yeah you know like his mom had to take care of him and he was dependent when we don't know much about his childhood but we know when he was 12 years old he ran off and his, without, parents, his were parents mad at him Without his parents knowing, he disobeyed. You know, he made a mistake. Doesn't mean it was a sin, right? Uh, right, big so sin, he,
1: big sin.
2: Right. So, yeah. so
0: it's we have to to think about. Okay, when we see this word "flesh," what exactly is it talking about? Um, now,
1: verse seven. Verse seven says, um, "I also speak two languages, too: American and redneck." Okay, and I'll prove it to you. Okay, oh. Uh, do not be amazed that I, I'm just kidding. Yeah. All I don't right.
0: Know,
3: that was not right. You were going like almost British. <laughs> that was country. That was, well, that was country. Ch- Channel. Do not
1: be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again.
0: <laughs> okay. They keep going. That's it. The wind blows okay. wherever it
3: will. See, I oh, you want me too. to keep going? Yeah. The wind blows <laughs>
1: wherever it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. But you do not know where it is coming from and where it is going. So, everyone who has been born, so is everyone who has been born of the spirit.
3: Hmm.
0: I love that. Um, it's one of my favorites. But do you see the play on here with that word wind and spirit? Numa, it's very, in, in Bema terms, chiastic in nature. <laughs>
3: Mm -hmm.
0: right so does anyone have anything about that verse that's like i love that can i say something
1: about that verse because i'm going to tell you what that verse is not talking about can can we address that okay because a lot of christians read this verse and they're like yeah, this is, you know, this is why I'm so wishy-washy. This is why, you know, I can't make a decision. I'm just waiting for God to tell me something so I know what to do. You never know, you know, wind blows where it wishes. You know, I'm led by the spirit. So I may be here, I may be there. Uh, no. just have
3: to wait and see. And, and, yeah,
1: and they become wishy-washy. They don't stick with their word. They can't make a decision. They claim God told them to do a bunch of stuff that He didn't tell them to do. Um, And that does not, that is not what that, this verse is talking about. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can talk more about what it is talking about, but it is definitely not an excuse for being a double-minded man.
0: So to that point, does anyone have any thoughts on what it, what it does mean? Like, what does it mean to you?
2: It does not mean, like Mike said, being wishy-washy. Look at the wind and the spirit, they both mean the same thing. Right. Let's forget about the Hebrew and the Greek right now. Okay. We do not see the wind, right? But we see the results. So yes. if you're a wishy-washy kind of person, <laughs> you, 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 what are you doing? You're a tornado. You to...
0: Nobody likes yeah, tornadoes.
2: exactly.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's what happened. In,
2: and this is what happened to a lot of people. They listen to this guy, to that woman, to that woman. You know, they'd always, changing their theology
3: yeah why
2: they're wishy-washy yeah.
3: you know
2: so the, the 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 wind we cannot see the spirit we cannot see but it's interesting the bible uh, is it Thessalonians says we have a, a a body a spirit and a soul so we yeah. are spirits but we can see each other whatever that means right mm-hmm. yeah so if you feel if you, like you said so well, my wishy-washy, as to, no, it can't be wishy-washy. No. If we are following this, we, the results will come.
1: Yes. If, if, it's actually the opposite. It's only, it's only unknown and, and unable to understand when you're not born of the spirit. Once mm. you're born of the spirit, you know where the wind's blowing. You yes. know what God's wanting you to do. It's That's very true. clear. And because you're, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So it's those that are outside of that, those that are still walking in the flesh, meaning in this sense, uh, law based, mm-hmm. right? Where they're looking for a physical manifestation. They're looking to uh, analyze and figure out what the results are. And he's saying, no, the wind and the Spirit blows where it wishes, meaning you know, you, you now have chosen, you've now chosen to follow Jesus. So you're now, or you're now born from above. You're now going to do things that those that don't understand what you're doing are going to look, it's going to be confusing to them. And (laughs) and those that aren't born of the spirit are not going to be able to see and understand the things that you do essentially. Um, many times, um, but they, uh, there's other. Again, this is Exodus language. Here again.
0: Well, in Ecclesiastes, there's a verse that says, um, "When I surveyed all the hands had done, and I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing, like chasing after the wind." So it's almost like Nicodemus was saying, I was, I was trying to find it. That's, that's new international version. I have to look in mine.
2: Oh, that, that's what he says all the time. He's chasing the wind. That means he doesn't know what the heck is going on. It's just right. futile. Well, so it's kind of saying?
0: like, if you don't have the spirit, you chasing after the wind it's futile you're not going to understand because you don't have the spirit you don't understand what the wind is doing so you need the wind like you need the spirit to understand what the spirit's doing he's
1: also pointing out something that's very simple and scientific and that is under the law, what your actual fleshly body did or didn't do mm-hmm. dictated the the um uh, the accuracy in which you lived out the law right okay
0: your deeds
1: Jesus is saying, "Okay, whoa, 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 okay, all of those individual deeds that you lived out according to the law, I need to back that up. And you need to realize that behind all of that is a spirit that is guiding you to do all those things. So if you want to focus on the deeds, fine, but I want to focus on the spirit and the heart Mm -hmm. be first, because if I can shift that, then all of your deeds will come out of that and it will no longer be laid out in a perfect law pattern. Mm -hmm. that everyone gets to follow
0: that makes sense if you think about like when jesus healed on the sabbath and how they came after him for that yes it kind of goes like that jesus knew what he was doing according to the spirit him healing on the sabbath had significance and meaning it was showing god's heart but on the outside according to torah that's bad right you're doing the wrong thing they wouldn't understand because they didn't have the spirit to understand the spirit, so they didn't have the wind to understand the wind. No,
1: and they and they they looked at the individual aspects of the law and living that out, and 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 Jesus was like, wait, wait there's a, there's a point to this, there's a reason behind this, um, there's something I'm trying to accomplish with you, mm-hmm. there's something I'm trying to do with you in the earth. And you're not going to be able to see it unless you change how you think. Mm -hmm. That's why the Bible over and over again talks about renewing of mind. Let's go back to flesh for a moment. So if you want to say sinful flesh or not sinful flesh, well, it's kind of up to the person. Because if you want a sinful nature, you can develop it. Right. Oh, I argue is, You are not that born is. that way, mm-hmm. but I can also argue that you can develop that way of thinking. If you want to, mm-hmm. if you want to be law-based in your Christianity, if you want to be sinful in the way you live your life, right. Th- you can develop that. Right. And you can live that way or you can live differently. You can get to the heart. You mm-hmm. can get to the root and then everything you do out of that Changes and does well for when good. you're
0: connected to the vine, you'll bear the right fruit, yes, right?
1: Yes, so and what you're one.
0: saying goes perfectly with what Nicodemus responded in verse 9 because then he says,
1: now that's my job.
0: Jesus, oh, go ahead, okay, <laughs> verse 9. Go,
1: Nicodemus responded and said to him, How can these things be?
0: And what did Jesus answer? And
1: Jesus answered and said to him, You are the teacher of Israel, yet you do not understand these things.
0: So it goes back to what you're saying. Like, he should be able to see and understand what Jesus is doing because he knows. Yeah. But he doesn't. And that ends our session for today. If you've been blessed by this Bible study, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with others. It's an honor that you've chosen to join us in this conversation. We'd love to know what you think, how this has blessed you, or even if you have any questions by sending an email to hello at andreajohn.com. To prepare for next week, continue reading John 3. Dive deep, really dig deep to find beautiful treasures of God. Here are two questions that you can ask along the journey. One what is this telling me about god two what is god telling me about me that'll allow you to join the conversation with your own study perspective opinions and questions and if we don't answer the question that you may have you're always welcome to email us or if you have a perspective that we didn't cover we'd love to hear about it because who knows Maybe I'll share it in one of the sessions. So thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Until then, have a blessed day.